Hello and welcome to Day 3 Live, the live broadcast of Sunday morning service at Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. You can learn more about our ministry at day3church.org or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash d3church. COVID-19 is affecting everyone in the country. Many people are facing struggles right now that no one could have foreseen. Layoffs, loss of income, isolation, others find they're working longer and harder hours with lots of stress. No matter where you fit into this list, one thing is for certain, we need peace now more than ever. That's why Pastor Lynn is doing a series simply titled Peace. Join us for part 12, Perfect Peace. Here's Pastor Lynn. Good morning. Uh, happy 4th of July. Is it okay to put happy in front of it, the way things are going? Um, you, you can see the, the topic is, is going to be perfect peace. Now, as, as soon as I say that, that we're going to talk about perfect peace, instantly you may have thought to yourself, what in the world do you mean perfect peace? You may have thought the, the, the pastor's gone off his gourd, that I'm gone crazy or something, I'm going to talk to you about perfect peace in light of all that's going on. <clears throat> because as we look at our culture, as we've been saying through this whole long series about peace, uh, it's like everything wants to rob us or drain us of, of peace, uh, the things that are taking place. Uh, if you watch the news media enough, it's, it's just like they want to be sure you see everything you can about racial unrest to where you're, you're worried about that. And, and you've got, uh, it's just hard for you to think about perfect peace in light of that. Uh, they, they're putting images up of uh, people that seemingly want to change everything about our history, <laughs> you know, everything about our culture. And as we see all the unrest with that taking place, then that robs us of, of peace. Uh, factor into that, uh, this COVID-19 stuff, and depending on where you uh, lie on that and all the different angles and everything you hear being presented to you, it can make you really fearful about coming down with some type of disease like that or some other type of disease. So it, that doesn't sound like perfect peace, does it? When, when you kind of go in some circles that I do, being former law enforcement, and I, I, I go to gun shops and things like that, I've, I've noticed something that um, it's harder to find some guns now, it's harder to find some ammo now and stuff like that, and, and it almost makes me feel like uh, Americans are getting ready to go to war against Americans in some way, so I'm, so I'm worried about our nation, guys, I'm worried about our culture, and you may be asking yourself, well, how in the world can you have a peace that's perfect in light of all that's going on. Isaiah, I'm going to read a, a couple of verses to you. And, and on the front end of me reading the verses, it, it, it might be almost like you would, you would say to yourself when I read them, how dare Isaiah use the two words, perfect peace? And, and yet he does. Look, look with me at Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Anybody remember the old song, Rock of Ages? It was actually written based upon verse 4. 
Stand with us. John's going to do us another song, and I'll be back and finish the message in a moment. Be seated. I'm sorry. I started. Getting, well, I shouldn't say I'm sorry, but I started getting a little messed up. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw my wife do this. It always does something for me when I see my wife do that. I, I hope you can say that he's your rock of ages. I hope you can say he's your everlasting rock. Because we're going to talk about perfect peace and how that can be possible. I know it seems like it's almost impossible in the culture that we live in, but the, the way that's phrased in, in the Hebrew, when he said, you keep him in perfect peace, when Isaiah writes those words, which by the way are God's words, so you know we don't need to say, how, how dare Isaiah write that, that's God's word that he wrote, but in, in the Hebrew, it says, shalom, shalom. In other words, it says peace, peace. And it's translated perfect peace because there's a double emphasis there by saying peace, peace. Instead of just peace, that's what it would mean. That's how we translate it, perfect peace. 
And we've talked about God's shalom. Anytime we've been in this series in the Old Testament, we've talked about the Hebrew word shalom. It means much more than the absence of conflict. It means more than the absence of war in our world or conflict in your life. It really means God's whole best for you. You know, God wants your safety. God wants your welfare. God, God wants his, his very best for your life. He wants wholeness for your life. He, he wants you to be completed the way he wants you to be completed. That's what's meant by the word shalom. God desires that for you. Jewish people sometimes when they use the word shalom, sometimes they phrase it as a question. And when they meet each other, they'll say, well, what is your peace? And their response would be something like, well, you know, I, I trust in the Lord. That's who I'm trusting in. Uh, that's why I have my peace. Here Isaiah would say something like this to that question, what is your peace? He would kind of say, my peace is from the Lord. He keeps me in peace, peace, and shalom, shalom, because I fully trust in him. So before we talk about that and just talk about that verse, we'll give you a little background. Uh, to Isaiah 26. We don't have time to unpack it all, but it starts out in verse 1 talking about in that day. And that's talking about the day of the Lord. There's going to be a day when, when, when the Lord fully sets up his kingdom. There's going to be a day when he brings in a new Jerusalem. And that's what's being written about here in Isaiah. Uh, the old Jerusalem uh, wasn't a place of peace very often, was it? Still not a place of peace very often, uh, because especially when the Babylonian Empire came in and overran them and carried them into captivity. But here Isaiah is talking future tense to a day when there would be a new Jerusalem, when all the lofty cities of the world will be laid low and God's going to exalt that new heavenly city forever. And no one will ever overrun that city. No one will ever sack that city. It would be a place of perfect peace one day. And the reason I want to point that out is this, because as I talk about the context, him writing about that city one day that will be perfect peace, then you might say to yourself, well, sure, if I'm living in that heavenly city, uh, of course I'll have perfect peace. But I want you to understand, I, I think we can have a degree of perfect peace now. Do you understand there's no peace apart from righteousness? Listen to a couple of verses before we unpack our main verses more. And Isaiah 32 verse 17 says, and, and the effect of righteousness will be peace. So in other words, you have to have righteousness to really have peace. The result of righteousness will be quietness and trust forever. But you see, there, there's no righteousness apart from God's salvation in Jesus Christ. Because here's what Paul wrote in Romans 3, verse 21 and 22. But now the righteousness of God has been made manifest apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So guys, even though you might be saying to yourself, well, sure, one day in heaven, if you know Christ is your Savior, you'll have perfect peace now. Here's the point I'm trying to get before we unpack this verse. If you know Christ is your Savior, you have the potential for perfect peace now. See, there, there will be no one in that heavenly city that is there experiencing peace except for what Jesus did on the cross. Some people look forward to it. We look behind at his finished work. But everyone in that heavenly city will be there because of Jesus and his righteousness and what he did for us on the cross. And because of his righteousness, you and I one day can experience peace there. But here's what I want you to get. While that's true one day, 
If you know Christ is your Savior, you have inside of you the very elements now in the midst of whatever you're going through in your life to have peace now. Doesn't have to be then. If you know Christ is your Savior, you have the very elements of peace because he's made you righteous. And the effect of righteousness, as we saw a minute ago, is, is, is peace. So what I want us to do this morning as we think about perfect peace or peace, peace, I want us to consider as we look at verse 3 and verse 4 that we read a moment ago, how we can better experience that peace in our lives. Peace, peace. Perfect peace in our lives. Then number one is this. Perfect peace is possible. Perfect peace is possible. And the reason I say it's possible, look at the very first part of verse 3. You keep him in perfect peace. Now, that you's talking about God. That's what Isaiah is writing about. And he's saying God himself, God can keep someone in perfect peace. So if God can do that, think about it. It means it's possible. Amen? It means it can happen. It means God can give you perfect peace, not just one day in a heavenly city, but he can give you peace now, an element of peace now in your life. The the phrase in the Hebrew when he says you keep him means to guard. Now, sometimes you think being guarded in a negative sense. This means to guard in a positive sense. God wants to guard his peace for your life. God, God wants to protect his peace in your life. God wants to maintain his peace, his shalom in your life. God wants to keep it. He wants, he's observing your life because he wants to preserve his peace in your life. And the word can even be translated a watchman. In the, cities of of Israel years ago. In all the cities, they would place a watchman on the wall. And the watchman on the wall would be there 24-7. And that watchman would would be on guard and he would be looking out. If he saw an invading army coming or trouble coming in some way, he would warn the people of the city and he'd let them know that, that that trouble was on the way because they're trying to preserve the peace of that city. Then I want you to get in your mind, that's what God wants to do for our lives. God wants to be the watchman over our lives. And God wants to warn us about anything that wants to rob peace from our lives. And we need to understand that. We need to listen to him. We need to key in to the voice of God and the word of God. Because all the things that we are allowing to rob peace from our lives, God doesn't want that to happen. Our focus doesn't need to be on those things. Our focus needs to be on him. We need to allow him to be the watchman over our lives and speak peace into our lives. Like I said, God wants his best for you, and none of that's possible except for faith in Christ. So since God wants to guard you in perfect peace, that means perfect peace is possible. Now, not only is it possible, secondly, I want you to notice this. Perfect peace is also available. And you're going to think, well, yeah, possible and available, that's, that's really similar. Well, there is a little bit of a distinction. Read the verse again. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you. Now, guys, that seems to me there's a condition for perfect peace, doesn't it? In other words, God wants us to experience perfect peace, but in order for us to experience perfect peace, we have to keep our mind fixed upon him. We have to keep our, our, our mind stayed upon him, focused upon him. 
The word mind that's used here in the Hebrew is kind of interesting. Uh, it should be. It's in the Word of God. Amen. Uh, but, but it means, it, it literally means uh, the, the word form. The word form. And when you unpack the rest of it, it gives this idea. God, he, he wants to keep us in perfect peace if our mind, and think of it in these terms, your very form, the, the very being of, of your existence. That God wants to keep you in perfect peace. He, he, he wants to have the very conception of your life in perfect peace. He, he wants the purpose of your life to, to be experiencing his peace. God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you. The, the root word for, for mind there is, is, is it means to squeeze or, or to mold like a potter. And when I read that, I couldn't help but think of instances in the Bible where it talks about God being a potter. That's what God wants to do. God, God wants to, to squeeze your, your life in, into the existence he wants it to be, into the purpose he wants it to be, into the conception he wants it to be, in the form he wants it to be. So I think John probably alluded to in this service. I know he did the other two services. I had to step out. But uh, John alluded to how many times the negative things in, in this life, if we knew about it up front, we'd like to say, God, give that to somebody else. You know, God, I, I don't want to have to deal with that. But see, guys, think about God being a potter. Think about you and I being clay and him squeezing us into shape. That means even the negative things. That means everything you see in your culture today, everything you experience in your life right now that might be negative, God wants to use that to mold you. He's not wanting to hurt you with it. He's wanting to mold you into being more who he wants you to be. He wants your very form to be what he desires for you. God wants to form the existence of your life. He wants to squeeze you in the shape he wants you to be. He wants your mind, all that you are, to be stayed or fixed. Upon him. <clears throat> the word that's used for stay means literally to prop, to prop, to, to lean upon. It means to take hold of in a favorable sense. It means to bear up, establish, uphold, lay or lean or lie hard on or arrest yourself upon or set yourself upon or stand fast or, or stay yourself upon, to, to be sustained. When I read that, I, I, I thought of this because he's talking about propping yourself. All of us from time to time will be somewhere we get tired, right? And, and we want to sit down or, or prop ourselves on, on something. Sometimes maybe we need someone to help stabilize us. You know, you've ever had an experience with an inner ear problem, have a little bit of vertigo, and uh, I'm not talking about the, the, the YouTube song. I'm talking about, you know, you kind of need somebody to, to stabilize you. A lot of times when you're out walking a, a trail somewhere, if you've been out in, you know, some of the uh, uh, federal parks and stuff like that or state parks, every now and then on the trail, uh, maybe they just cut some stumps or, or something like that. But a lot of times they've actually built a little bench. You know what I found out the older I get? They didn't build enough benches. <laughs> I need the benches to come along a little bit more often, you know, where I have a place to rest. And, and all I'm saying is, guys, when, you, when you're tired like that, you, you, you want to prop yourself. Well, I, I think here's the image that, that God has given us here. He wants us to take our mind, our form, our very existence, all that we are, our purpose and all that we are, and he wants us to take that mind 
and he wants us to prop it upon him. To, to lean upon him, to, to rest upon him, to let him bear us up, let him establish us, let God hold us up. We, we need to learn to lay or lean against God. We need to lie hard upon him, put ourselves upon him. The, the picture and the image is pretty simple here. When he's saying, take your mind, all that you are, is what the word in the Hebrew means, and, and prop it upon him, that's what we need to learn to do. Our, our issue comes in this. We want to prop our peace on our culture. <laughs> You're not going to get much peace propping it on your culture. We, we want to prop our peace on what we hear in the news. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jeff. All, everybody laugh a little bit, huh? We want to prop our peace on what a politician says. Am I getting better with my images that I'm giving you? You, 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 you want to prop your peace on an upcoming election. You, you, you see, guys, when, when we're, our, our problem is we, we tend to want to lean on the wrong things. And what we need to do as believers, the, the picture is this, that, that, that we need to lean on something that can uphold us, you know? And, and you'll see more why that, that's true in just a minute. But I, I, I was looking around something to lean on. I thought, well, Jeff's pretty stable over here. I think he's, he, he's pretty big. So I can, I can kind of lean on him. He can hold me up, you know? Y'all didn't see it earlier. We chest bumped earlier and everything. That's good social distancing, I guess, wasn't it, while we were doing that? But, uh, uh, but you, you see, I, I, I feel like I can lean upon him because he can hold me up. You can lean upon the Lord because he can always hold you up. Amen. He, he's the one that, that we need to prop our very existence upon. Perfect peace is possible because God wants to guard that for us. He, he wants us to have it. Perfect peace is available if you'll keep your mind stayed upon him. If you'll park your existence, all you are, upon him. Not our culture, not what's going on in the world, but prop yourself upon the Lord. All those worries in your mind, whatever heavy weight you're carrying in, in this world right now, prop it all upon God. That's how you have it to be a possibility and availability that you can have perfect peace. Third thing, Perfect peace is also, or can be, protective. It can be protective. Let's keep reading that verse. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now, here's why I use the word protective, because you may read that and you think, I don't see protection there. The, the word trust literally means to, to hide for refuge. Now, we don't use that much anymore. It's an old English word. I'm, I'm sorry, it might be an old Scottish word uh, and, and everything, Kevin, maybe, I don't know. But we think of the word high like this. Well, this word high meant to hurry up. <laughs> it, it meant you're going to flee to something for refuge. It, it means you're going to run there in, 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 a, in a hurried way for, for refuge is what it means. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because, in other words, there's a consequence of you keeping your mind stayed upon him, but because, because you are trusting in the Lord, 
Your mind is being stayed upon him, and you can experience more perfect peace in your life. You, you need to run to God, trust in God, be confident in him, be sure in him, be bold in him. That's what all the, the words means here. And it, gave you, it can even be translated, be, be careless or carefree, because we are trusting in God. We're trusting in him in a permanent way. That's kind of an interesting phrase in Hebrew. It literally means be in and when. So in other words, you know, we need to be in God, in him all the time, whenever he needs to be the focus that we're trusting in. We need to run to him and be confident in him. He's the one that's instrumental in our peace. He's the cause of our peace. He's the rule of our peace. He's even the oath of our peace. All those are meanings of that phrase that you find there. Now, now, here's the image. Go back to being out in the woods again, walking on that trail, looking for a place to sit down because you're old like me, okay? And a storm blows up. If you're outside somewhere like that, especially out in the wilderness or somewhere, and, and, this, and a huge storm blows up, like strong winds, electrical storm, and everything else, and you see up ahead in the distance, there's a shelter you can get to. What do you do? I mean, do you, do you just kind of say, that, yeah, you know what, I see that shelter, but yeah, this storm looks kind of scary, but I think I'm just going to hang out here. But that's what you do in your life sometimes. That's what I do in my life sometimes. We hang out in the storm. <laughs> and what we need to do is run to the refuge as fast as we can. Run, run to the Lord as fast as we can. Allow him to be the refuge that we need as fast as we can. We need to trust in him. Let him be our fixed place of safety. Let him be the means or instrument of our safety. We, we need to be bold no matter what we're facing, secure no matter what we're facing. Be sure in him. Even be carefree or careless no matter what's going on in the world because God is our refuge. And we can put our confidence and hope in God as our refuge from the trouble of this world. We need to flee to him. Because he's the only refuge that's stable. Nothing else is stable in all this world that people want to put their trust in. Your bank account, your health, or anything else, none of it's stable. It all can change in an instant. That, that, that's why we need to flee to him for refuge. And as we flee to him for refuge, it, it's like he's protecting us. We're running to him as our place of protection, no matter what's going on in, in our world. God's possible, available, perfect peace can be protective if we trust in him, if we run to him, if we hide in him, if God's our confident refuge. One last thing. Perfect peace should be perpetual. Now, please understand, I said should be. It should be. I didn't say it is, but it should be. Look at verse 4. Trust in the Lord forever. Forever means Perpetual, doesn't it? Ongoing forever. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. God is an everlasting rock. Now, I said a moment ago, please notice, I didn't say peace, peace is perpetual, but I'm saying it can be, it should be, in our lives as believers. If we will trust, same word we saw a minute ago, if we will flee to God for our refuge, if we will trust in him for our refuge, we can have ongoing peace in our lives. Now, that being said, I want to ask you three questions based on verse four. 
Question number one is this. Who is the object of our peace? Who's the object of our peace? The Bible says the Lord. And that in the Hebrew means he's a self-existent eternal God. That sounds like a pretty good object of our peace, or a good focus for our peace. That means he's always been. He never had a beginning. No one ever created him. He will always be. He shall always exist. So it's telling me that'll be a good object for us to experience peace. Let me ask you a second question. What's the time frame of our trust? What's the time frame of our trust? Not just the object of our trust, but the time frame of our trust. Forever. Forever. We should never have a time as, as, as a cross follower. We should never have a time to where he, that we're not trusting in him. Now, now, guys, I'm saying should. I understand practically we fall short. Practically, we get, we get our attention on the news. We get our attention on everything that's going on. And we, and we get our, our focus off of him. We're not propping our mind on him. We're not staying our mind upon him and experiencing his peace, peace like we should. But he said forever. Trust in the Lord forever. It's kind of an interesting word in the, in the Hebrew. <laughs> it means a preemptory terminus. Did you use that phrase this week? If you think about it, it's kind of simple what it means. It means preemptively you terminate <laughs> the world's concerns and the worries. Preemptively you're doing this. Pre preemptively what I think this phrase is teaching is, I mean, you've decided on the front end, you're going to trust in God. You've decided you're going to trust in him no matter what comes into your life. And by trusting him, guys, I mean really trusting him. I don't mean us having this little thing where we say, yeah, I know I've got faith in God. I trust in God. But man, look at all the junk going on. Look at everything I'm hearing in the news. Look at everything I'm, we're seeing in my culture. That's not the kind of faith I'm talking about. He, he's talking about the kind of faith that we're preemptively, guys, we decide up front, I'm going to trust in God today. I'm going to trust in God tomorrow. I'm going to trust in God a million years. I'm going to trust in God no matter what comes my way. I'm going to trust in him forever. That's the emphasis that's being given here. We're to trust in, in him forever. Let me ask you a third question. Why should we perpetually trust in God? Why do that? Why, why decide up front, no matter what comes, I'm going to trust in him? How about this? <laughs> because he is the everlasting rock. Because he is the rock of ages. That's why we ought to preemptively decide that we're going to trust in him. The, the phrase that's used here in the Hebrew only occurs one other time in the Bible that I could find. Most of the time you find Jehovah Jah. In this instant here, and one other instance in, in the Bible that I could find, it says Jah Jehovah. And that might be insignificant to you, but what it does is this. It means essentially... That God, by his very nature, is the everlasting rock. 
He's putting an emphasis on it by saying Jah Jehovah is the most emphatic form for saying God is our redeemer. And it is implying that God, by his very nature, that's who he is. He is the everlasting rock. Everlasting, vanishing point. As far as you can look out in time, there will never be a time that God doesn't exist. He is the everlasting, eternal rock. The word for rock means a cliff or a sharp rock, a boulder, a refuge. It's kind of going back to what we saw earlier, God being our refuge. A refuge, an edge, like the edge of a rock. In other words, guys, God, God is the only everlasting foundation to build your life upon. Jesus told a story one time about two men. One built his house in the sand and one built his house on the rock. And the same storm came and the house built in the sand had a great fall. And the one built his house on the rock withstood the storm. Then Jesus likened those two men, the one that built his house on the sand, he likened to being someone that heard his words but didn't listen, didn't apply them. In the one that built his house on the rock, he likened to someone that heard his words and he applied them and he used them. Jesus needs to be our foundation. His word needs to be our foundation. He, he, he needs to be our everlasting rock. We need to build our lives upon, upon God. God's the only everlasting foundation you can build your life upon. Everything else is like the shifting sand. Everything else is going to let you down and disappoint you when the storms come. But if you've built your life upon Jesus, if you've built your life upon the everlasting rock, you can make it through the storms. All the stuff you're worried about, li listen, I've got a newsflash from you that is in advance of Fox News or anybody else, Okay? It's not going to last forever. All the stuff we're worried about is not going to last forever. I've got another news flash. He does last forever. He is the everlasting foundation for us to build our lives upon. Go, go back to some of the meanings of, of rock for a minute. It's like he's the foundation stone that we're going to build our lives on. He's the, the cave uh, a, a lot of times in the, in the Old Testament, we talk about David going down into a cave, going down into a stronghold when enemies were after him, when Saul was after him, when Absalom was after him, and other kings of surrounding nations was after him. David, David would go down into a hole. He'd go down into the cave, Adullam is, is one of the, the caves, one of the places he'd go and hide. Hey, God is our cave. <laughs> God is our safe place. We need to flee to him in the midst of everything that's going on. But, but it also meant an edge, like on the edge of a cliff. Can, can I ask you a question? If, if you, let's go back out on our hiking trail, and you know, you're, you're really tired because they didn't build enough benches for you to sit down on, and all of a sudden you stumble, and you're at a cliff, and you almost fall, but you're able to reach up and grab the edge of the cliff. Can I, can I ask you something? How tightly are you going to hold on to the edge of that cliff? Huh? I can tell you about me. I'm going to hold on to it as long and as tight as I possibly can. I'm 64. I'm not as strong as I used to be. I'm not quite as heavy as I've been at different times. 
A few years ago, I would have been, I'm gone, I'm sorry, down the, you know. But, but even though I, my strength might would be limited to the degree that's possible, I'm going to hold on to the edge of that cliff as long as I possibly can. Now, the reason I'm pointing that out about it being the edge of a cliff or a sharp rock is that needs to be our mindset when it comes to holding on to God. Now, understand, he holds on to us. Amen? He's not going to drop you. He's not going to turn loose of you. But our mindset needs to be in the things that's going on in our lives and the negative things in this world. I'm going to hold on to him by faith. I'm going to hold on to the everlasting rock as hard and as tight as I can. That's the picture I think that's being given us here. And as we hold tight to him, we can have a greater degree of peace, peace in our lives. God is our refuge. God needs to be our fortress. God needs to be the rock we hide in. God needs to be the ledge that we cling to. One commentator put it like this. He said, it's like a cry goes out telling Israel, hang confidently on Jehovah forever. That needs to be our mindset. I'm going to hold to him forever. Perfect peace should be perpetual for us as believers. If we will understand God wants to keep us in his peace, peace. That happens by us staying our mind upon God. By us staying our whole being, propping our whole lives upon him. God wants to give us that degree of peace. As we trust in him, it protects us. It protects our peace, our mindset, our, our emotions, and, and what we're feeling like is going on in our culture. But, but then it, it ought to be perpetual if we'll really trust him like that, if we'll let the Lord God be our everlasting rock all the time. So as we get ready to close, can I ask you a question? A similar question that I told you the Jews would ask each other. When they would greet each other, they would say, what is your peace? How would you answer that this morning? Can you say with Isaiah that your peace is in the Lord because you trust in him? Can you say with Isaiah, your peace is in the Lord because you have decided to prop the very fiber of who you are, your mind and everything about you? the very purpose of your life, the very conception of your life, that you're going to park that upon the Lord? Can you say with Isaiah that you are going to flee to him for refuge? That you're going to let him be your everlasting rock? You're going to trust in him forever? Is that what you can say? In Three weeks, we'll be in Philippians 4, verse 4 through 9. Paul actually based what he writes in Philippians 4 on Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4. I'm not going to expound upon it, but I'm going to read it just real quickly, and then we'll talk about it in three weeks. But as I read it, I want you to notice some of the similarities between what Paul writes under divine inspiration and what Isaiah wrote under divine inspiration. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. 
Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Man, that seems awfully real right now, doesn't it? The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard. See, that's what God wants to do for us. He wants to guard our peace. We'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. Stay your mind upon those things. Prop your life upon the things of God. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of, what is he? The God of peace will be with you. The song, Rock of Ages, we're going to do it again for our invitation. It was written based on a marginal reading for verse 4. The marginal reading was this, For in the Lord God is the rock of ages. In the context of Isaiah 26, the new Jerusalem one day is going to be built upon the rock of ages. And that's why there will be perfect peace there. The question is, are you going to build your life upon the rock of ages? Are you going to trust in him completely and totally? Are you going to trust in him forever? Because he is the everlasting rock. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, forgive us when we allow our culture and the things we're facing and the things we're seeing to so sidetrack us and, and, and get our focus away from you. Lord, help us to look above these things and help us to, to park all that we are upon you. Help us to prop all that we are, our total lives, our mind. Help us to prop completely and totally by faith upon you. Help us to flee to you as our place of refuge. Help us to stand upon you always because you're our everlasting rock. And Father, I, I pray for anyone here that maybe doesn't understand that, doesn't know that because they've never yet trusted Jesus. I pray for anyone watching online that's joined us online that will see this right now or watching it later. Father, I pray for, for anyone that has joined us online that if they do not know Christ as Savior, that you'd help them to understand there's a better foundation for their life than the one they have now. That you want to be the everlasting rock in their life and give them the faith they need to trust in Jesus and his finished work on the cross. Father, help those of us that have already done that. As we live in this world, as we live in this culture that wants to rob us of peace, remind us that you want to keep us in your peace, peace. Help us to keep our minds stayed upon you. Help us to trust in you because you're the everlasting rock. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand as John does this song again. If you need Christ as your Savior, if you need to come and talk to someone, I'll be here at the front. But to begin with, I'm going to be here praying at the front. And, and I want to ask you to do the same thing. Our nation is in trouble. You believe that? You believe our nation, our culture is in trouble? I think we need to pray for our nation today. I know we just celebrated our Independence Day. 
Everyone's wanting to change so much about our culture. Maybe we need to change that. Maybe we need to change it and call it our dependence day. Because we need to depend upon the Lord. We need to depend upon Him being our everlasting rock. And I want to invite you, if you feel so led, maybe if you need just to kneel and pray there because you're concerned about social distancing or whatever, turn around, pray right there in your seat. But I want to ask you to do this invitation time. Let's let's pray for our nation. If you need Christ as your Savior, please come see me. I'll be back up in a minute. But let's pray for our nation today. Are you in need of greater peace in your life? It is possible, and it starts with being at peace with God. Just pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I realize I need you and your forgiveness. I invite you to be the boss of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we'd love to talk to you. We're here to pray with you, to love you, and offer support. Please contact us at day3church.com. We care about you, and we want to connect with you. Until next time, this is Pastor John reminding you that God is greater than your circumstances, and His mercies are new every morning. It's time to experience a new day in your life.